Hello, everybody. It's the Wrestling with the Willies podcast. Uh, once again, the first time, I think actually, maybe a couple other times, but this is like the full fledged filming part of the Wrestling with the Willies podcast where we're going to be talking about Forbidden Door 2023 today, where it's me and Jeremy. Uh, like usual, it's pretty much like that's the main people that always do these podcasts, it seems like lately. So, uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, so Forbidden Door. I did, like, there's a lot of matches on here that looks like that he did for, like, a kickoff show. Because there's, like, the first four I don't remember watching. So I'm assuming that that was for the uh, Zero Hour or whatever they call their uh, beginning show. Like, their kickoff show, pretty much. Well, yeah, I, I, there were five in total. I'm not oh, sure what... Okay. Oh, the first yeah, one, I Tom, forgot that the, the Tom, LIJ match in the United Empire one was still on it. Yeah, because, Tom I mean, Lawler. Most of the matches the were very short. It's like Tom Lawler going against Serpentico. It just seemed like that was the reason to have Tom Lawler on the show. Because people said, I think people like Tom Lawler for so far. I haven't seen much anything from him, but it's like the Mogul Embassy match where it was like, Swerve to, uh, and then I think it's like Swerve in the Mogul Embassy is Swerve Strickland, then it's the something of, what was it? I can't remember the name of the tag team that they're with. It's like so, uh, not something of Destiny, but it's Gods of Agony or Gates of Agony. Well, it's like funny. That. I guess they had to replace the two other guys. And, um, if you remember, uh, was it, uh, Imitation Brock Lesnar is what I called him before. Parker oh, or something or other. Oh, the guy that was super And the dude with all the tattooed. Yeah. yeah they okay, replaced yeah. those two with uh, that Toa Leona and Bishop Khan. But then yeah, and I think those guys they added Brian really Cage, too, which yeah, it, it seems like with weird. AEW, they can't figure out what to do with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, and, they put, and they put him in with FTW, then they kicked him out of that, or he left. And then, then he's been kind of just around for the rest of the time. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, supposedly Athena, they've been doing very well with. Like, the, the other match was Athena versus Billy Starks. So, yeah, like, it was like Mogul MDC did, uh, went against Chaos, which still the best friends and Rocky Romero are supposed to be in Chaos, which is um, Okada's faction. Like, I think he was the first one that started it, but I can't remember for sure. And then they were with El Desperado, which I've heard good things from him, but I've never, like, seen him wrestle. It's like El Fantasmo, I saw him wrestle too. And he seemed like he was very funny. I think it was the first Forbidden Door where he went, he was in a match with. Well, uh, yeah, I remember somebody. El Fantasmo in the first one and we talked about him because we were surprised at how good he was <laughs> oh yeah okay and, that's what it was and, yeah and uh but he i guess he fought Stu grayson in the pre-show i mean yeah because we this typically like, don't I watch think... the pre-shows so it's like yeah like most of the time we always come in late and they don't attack the the kickoff shows well, yeah, they... to the pay-per-view yeah, which I think is kind of weird, but yeah, it seems kind of weird knowing that they wouldn't. But I don't but think it's probably w- because they sync that up to the YouTube channel. I think yeah, I was just gonna say like I don't think WWE does it either. I don't yeah, think WWE yeah. covers. 
So, uh, what's it called? And it, it's nice knowing Steve Grayson's back, but it's kind of weird with what they're doing now, where it's like the righteous, and then now they turned uh, uh, Evil Uno or Dark Order bad, or like kind of bad, whatever. But, uh, but like, I kind of am intrigued with what they're doing with the righteous, which is like the guys that they were saying was rumored to be at. To be homies with Bray Wyatt. Oh yeah, and might I mention we're a bit behind on these, and then just recently Bray Wyatt passed, where he was 36 and he died of a heart attack. Like uh, our condolences go out to the family and shit. It's very heartbreaking seeing a dude that he's younger than me <laughs> wrestling, and he was one of the most creative dudes pass on like when he's like 36 it's like just crazy especially oh, from what yeah. they were saying a lot like about a lot of the like him being away from wrestling because they were saying that he was having a lot of health issues and stuff like that so it's very disheartening knowing that he's I mean, he was going through that the whole time so <clears throat> well yeah and, and you know i i hearken back to it kind of reminds me of when kobe passed and that, you know, he left behind. I mean, and Bray was a little worse because, um, you know, if anybody isn't aware, he was with JoJo, who was in WWE before, like years ago. Yeah. Um, and anybody who's a Dodger fan, she's, you know, Jose Offerman's daughter. But um, they had two little ones. So I and I mean little little ones. I yeah. think they were four and three years old or something. So they, uh, yeah. I, I think uh, at one point JoJo was on an episode, like a series of Tough Enough, I think, or something like that to that effect. I think before yeah, she, was, it, it, I don't I think it was, it was Tough like Enough. Last... It was it was a different. It might have been tough enough, but she was on a show where it was a bunch of females. I thought it might have been. Uh, oh, it could have been Total uh, Divas, but I thought I thought it was something like that. Only she was on Tough Enough or something because I thought she was going for because I thought it might have been the same season that Eva Lee and um, God. There was a bunch of people that year. Yeah, she was on was Total like, Divas the first season. Oh, okay. So she was just a okay. Mm-hmm. That's probably what it was then. She she wasn't even tough enough then. Okay. No, and I think but, uh, she was just an announcer, wasn't she? Didn't she well, like most do of the it was, yeah, like that? Yeah. She was an announcer, yeah. But I, I think she actually uh, was one of the. Well, she sang. What do they call them the, when they? Uh, well, she sang the interesting uh, national for the anthem or something. Yeah, it was like Star Spangled Banner or something that she sang. One well, no, year. you know the tons of funk song that the Funkadactyls came out to? Oh, she did she the sang song that. For yeah. Oh, yeah. shit, I didn't realize that, I too. didn't know that either. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, we're getting a bit off topic. but like, Well, it was the... only just basically because of Bray Wyatt. I just wanted yeah. to point out that they had two kids and they were both yeah, young. Yeah, and I'm saying, like, so... they, they do have, like, something going on with WWE Shop right now where... Anybody that buys any Bray Wyatt merch goes directly to the family. So it goes to JoJo and the kids and all that stuff. That's from what the last thing that I saw from the other day was. Yeah, that's what I saw too. And I'm surprised with LA Knight, like, cutting such a sincere promo on Bray, though. 
Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, other people, like Seth and a few others, but, like, knowing that L.A. Knight, because, I mean, I don't know if he was, like, around it, like, him all that much, other than... Well, they had the... Right before Bray went out, they... Remember, they had the Mountain Dew match, the Pitch Black match, so they may have worked together quite a bit during that, but you know how, you know, when you're in an industry or whatever, the... Um, you know each other even if you don't work like directly with them all the time. Yeah. So you know, coming up, they may have been they may have interacted more than anybody knows. It's like, uh, you know, Moxley. I think he talked about how he worked with you know when they were in developmental. You know, and John Cena the same thing. Like he came up with like Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton and those guys before they even hit WWE. So. It may seem like it was only so many years oh, within well, WWE, I but that, I, I also forgot that LA Knight did say that he uh, was in WWE for a time. So it could have been around the same time that Bray Wyatt was there. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. I mean. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> so, but anyways, it's it's unfortunate. You know, rest in peace. Yeah, same with Terry Funk. I mean, that's another one, but like that one's but, understandable. More yeah, I mean, he's he was seventy nine. I mean, age. yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, you know, when you know, I always say those. You know, when you live to be past life expectancy, it's unfortunate when anybody passes, but everybody ultimately is going to pass away. So yeah. I mean, it's not like yeah, you know, but when they're in their you know late seventies, early eighties, you know, it's like. Yeah, I wouldn't say expected, but anyway, yeah, but like, you know, that's uh, but Bray that's Wyatt being that, late thirties. Yeah, that's that never expected yeah. to be. And when you see them that young, you always worry it was it's something else. You know, not just a, you know, what it ended up ultimately being was just a heart attack. You just worry about it's it's something else like accidental. Oh, yeah, yeah, but uh, what's it called? So, actually, onto the pay-per-view, pretty much. Yeah, the only one we didn't talk about huh? in the pre-show was, what is it? Lo- I can't even pronounce it. L-I-J. It's is like, that what it is? It's very hard for me to say it, <laughs> because I always have Los trouble. Ingo like, Burnables? It's uh, like Japan. Ingo So, it's Spanish, Japanese? Yeah, it's like, it's what Andrade started, I think originally was like he was the one who made the group and i don't know if it was a new japan group at first and then he moved to wwe and then they just kept going with it okay but naito is technically the boss of it like really i mean he's like technically the leader but not the leader type of thing because i think they have like a thing where everyone contributes type of thing okay because they never really have said that he was the leader of the group <laughs> he just kind of like has that swag that uh makes him seem like the leader so yeah like and i like uh, i love hiromu takahashi though like he's the time bomb one where he has like super red hair and okay. he comes out with a stuffed animal <clears throat> and like it was a scary time at first this was a long time ago i watched uh wrestle kingdom for the first time it was like wrestle kingdom 14 or something like i don't remember i just remember who takahashi was going against dragon lee at the time and dragon lee has a move similar to i think it's about the same as 
swerves where I haven't seen him use it in a while, where they do like a powerbomb type thing, and then he tucks his head under, like where his head is like exactly where his head is, where Dragon Lee's head is, and then he's supposed to land where it's like on like high parts of his shoulder, and he landed like directly on the top of his head, breaking his neck. So Ouch. like, yeah. So like they and they're like I was worried that he would never wrestle again, you know, because that's always a scary thing, seeing like somebody fuck up moves and then you're just like, oh, hopefully they're okay. That's the one thing to me that's different from like when I used to be younger compared to now. Is now I worry about the safety of some of these wrestlers doing some of these moves. Like, uh, what's it called? So, what's it called? So, it's nice knowing that he's still wrestling. Uh, but, like, I think out of this whole pay-per-view, probably my lead, like, the one that I wasn't really worried about, there was, like, a couple that I didn't even know that they were on the card. One was, uh... Later in the card, which is Sonata and Jack Perry, or Jungle Boy. And then MJF versus Roshi Tanahashi was the other one. Mostly because I'm not, like, huge on MJF. Like, I think he's a great talker, but, like, I just don't think that his wrestling acumen goes as much. But I definitely think, especially after seeing him lately, because knowing that these are uh, filmed or done later than what's it called, then when they came out, what he's been doing lately, I have really churned on MJF, because I think his character work lately has been great. And I think, I mean, it helps with other people. But I was just going to say, it helps with who's who he's involved with, and we'll get yeah. to that, like, in the next AEW podcast that we talk about, I yeah. think, because uh, yeah. we don't really want to spoil anything for this one, but um, oh yeah, I wasn't planning on it. Yeah, but no, like, I'm just I'm so just referring like to one, like the development of yeah, his character. Like, you know, we see, could talk like about that in that just one. Se- this match just seemed like it was just okay. They needed Hiroshi Tanahashi on the card. They didn't know who, who where they were going to put him, so then they had him go against MJF because MJF needed somebody to fight, and I'm sure that they weren't going to have him go against Sonata. Even if it wasn't a title thing to make the, like, whoever lost look weak, you know? So, like, especially knowing that I think the week of or something like that, they were talking about how Hiroshi Tanahashi isn't so protected as he used to be. But, I mean, it's mostly because he's probably going to retire in a few years. Like, so... When I watched this match, I thought that it was just okay. Nothing really stood out the whole time, like, where I'm just like, oh, yeah, that was a great match. It was an okay match the whole time, but it's mostly because I wasn't huge on both guys, and I didn't really care about the match either, so... Yeah. <laughs> and especially, it was 15 minutes, and, like, I don't know. I just can't, like, especially now, I can't remember anything out of the match where I was just like, oh, yeah, he did that one move, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was just like, yeah. Looking back at back at it now, it was just like, oh, okay. MJF needed to beat somebody. Who else is he gonna beat? Okay, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Well, and that's kind of what it's kind of annoying me a little bit right now is that, um, 
MJF, they're not, it, it's almost kind of like he's getting the Roman Reigns treatment in AEW almost. Uh, and, I don't know if it's considered the exact same, right? Like, I guess I wouldn't say, I mean, like, they're helping him. I mean, lately, um, once ago, I've seen a turn in what he's been doing lately, but at the time, but like, damn, I was thinking about this when I was watching the other pay-per-view that we'll talk about in like four episodes from now, I think, is, uh, and compared to Hangman Page's, uh, title run, this is to- like MJF has been clearly, he's tried to like set himself apart from most of the guys who made the f- title feel important which I don't think that Hangman Page did I think Kenny Omega did and even Chris Jericho did but like John Moxley didn't really do it he was more like the fighting man's championship holder when he was doing it and then Hangman Page didn't really it's like he lost the plot when he was trying to do the reign but also at the same time it also depends on the writing they give you too so, I mean, like, that's the only thing that I think is uh, different between him and Paige right now. And it kind of makes sense why they pulled the title off of Paige, like, like earlier than I thought that they would. But I get not- that, but at the same time, you know, it's I, I'm just referring to the fact that he keeps winning. I don't think he needs oh, yeah. the... Well, and I'm not well, going to spoil, uh, even uh, this one made sense, Tanahashi. I mean, they're not going to give the title to a and, uh, New Japan guy. So, you know, oh, yeah. like, you know, nothing is result. Some of these results could go towards New Japan guys, but like the title ones you knew weren't. So if they were, if they were wrestling for the title, whoever was in AEW is going to win. I mean... Unless you know that one of them was signed, you know, and they were coming into AEW, you knew they weren't going to win. So, like, this was a good example. MJF, you knew, was going to beat Tanahashi because Tanahashi's not in AEW. So, but he just cheats all the time. That's But I understand he's a heel, but he also yeah. doesn't wrestle like his wrestling still isn't the greatest. Well, but I do like what he's like, doing. Depends on who he's wrestling against. But I really. do like what he's doing lately. Um, and well, like I said, we'll get with it in the yeah. in the la- in the uh, pay- uh, podcast that we do for um, all in uh, because we'll talk about it during that. That well, that's where I why saw like it's kind of funny change. with this one, right? And then we talk about the next guy where he. Uh, on CM Punk versus Satoshi Kojima, where they were doing the Own Heart Cup finals, or not the finals. It was a quarterfinal, yeah. First round match. So, like, it's funny how they are both claiming that, or, well, MJF is the actual champion. But then, see, I, I think, uh, well, did he announce it? But Yeah, I think he announced it when he first came back off of Collision. 
where he said that he was the world world champion, but they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything they, related to yeah, it. He just mentioned it in anything, his first yeah. promo. Yeah. Because, I mean, essentially he came out saying that he was, if you want to hate me, if you want to love me, then do whatever. So pretty much he's a full-on tweener right now, which it seems like what they're trying to build up to eventually is another MJF versus CM Punk match where it will be like for a unification thing. I would well, think at least, but well, yeah, I think they were building to that. I don't know how this latest issue, which we'll get to on the, the latest podcast yeah, or later podcast, been some but drama like the whole time with CM Punk and honestly, right now it's starting to irritate me because I'm like, dude, I, I love you as a wrestler. And then you're making it hard for me to like, condone your actions a lot of the time because like yeah because i don't like i, I don't understand this time, then he was taking pot shots at page which he didn't really need to i understand if you're trying to build to a match where like somebody's ducking each other or whatever but like he came out and was talking about merch sales like that page wasn't pushing merch and shit and that he could do it Supposedly, he apologized afterwards through a text message, which that ain't really the same thing. But now it's like constantly hearing like he's being a problem to people or like being an asshole to people, sending people home. Like, it's like I thought him and Dolph Ziggler were kind of boys, right? Or at least uh, homies or whatever, like friends, right? And yeah. then they're talking about Ryan Nemeth, which is his brother. Like, granted, like, Ryan Nemeth said some shit that probably was meant as a joke, but, like, CM Punk took it literally or whatever. So then he kept him from going to collision at one point. And I'm like, I don't think you should do that. I don't think you should keep anybody from going to a fucking show. Especially if you're trying to say that you want other people to take the shit from you i'm like if that's your like angle right now i don't think you should be doing that shit well yeah but it seems like everything if anything happens right now and cm punk's involved in it he's getting in a fight with somebody yeah and and i just don't that's what i don't you can't be just media reporting that stuff i mean he's involved in all of them so yeah and especially knowing that and especially knowing that uh, uh, he's, uh, what, like, I think in his 40s now, right? Yeah, it's like little be, kid behavior. He should be a grown man and, and get over shit. <laughs> like, that's the problem. I think he shouldn't even worry about WWE. I don't think he should worry about other fucking people. Like, he's, like, well, growing up, like, working with children or whatever, which also at the same time, mind you, Lufisto came out and said, like, something similar to what CM Punk said. But, like, also at the same time, you're there to work. You know, like, you uh, you need to help people as much as they need to help you, essentially. If you want more money or whatever, you got to, like, it's like a team effort a lot of the time. I mean, I know politics are involved into shit, too. So, but, like, I think just CM Punk and everybody else that wants you, like fight him or like cause drama or whatever where it's constantly something in the news about cm punk or otherwise i think people should just drop the shit and yeah get over it (laughs) but at the same time you know i could see why he's kind of being a tweener because people are booing him 
And well, yeah. They've got to be booing him I mean, because of what it, happened I mean, people, at, with the elite. A lot of people didn't like what he did. Because, I mean... were like... But, I mean, also at the same time, people just want a reason to hate him. Yeah, like, but at the same time, one thing I wanted to point out, which I don't really understand, is I've been seeing him do this leg drop lately. Oh, I and saw I him think do, like, John Cena's leg drop. Well, he did a Hogan or leg drop at uh, Forbidden drop Door, too, um, early on in it. Um, yeah. And then he did, you know, those corner 10 punches. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I, I think at one point he called out Kojima's name as he was yeah. doing lariats. Um, so it's like, what the hell? And then... Uh, well, supposedly that was pulled back from, like, something. It was like an Easter egg, if you look back on it. I remember I saw I saw something afterwards when they were talking about that part where they were... It was from something else that he was... Oh, it was yeah. like an earlier thing with him and Kojima or something. I don't I, remember I get that. I'm just saying I don't know why he's been doing Hogan's leg drop lately. I mean, yeah, we'll I talk don't... about it in the... Uh, I know MJF at one point was making fun of Hogan, though. Like, especially because they, uh, like, he did lie one time and say that he worked at a WWE, or like in a U.S. event, and then he worked in a Japan, uh, Japan on the same day. (laughs) He said that one time. And then, and like, he said a bunch of damn lies, it seems like. But I did think it was was funny when they were doing the Pepsi Sucks chant. Huh? At the do do you remember at the at Forbidden Door when during CM Punk's match when they were doing the Pepsi sucks chant? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, granted, I don't care for Pepsi anyway. I no, but they do that because of it, but... they do that because of Punk's tattoo. But I mean, it, yeah, it's just funny yeah. that that's what um, I'm saying. A lot of the time, I think that they just do it just because they want to hate him. A lot of the time, but also at the same time, he is not making anything better for himself. No, but at the same time, this was an example where I think because it was the Owen Hart Cup match, you knew that CM Punk was going to win it. Do I think he should have? Probably not. I mean, I... Well, I mean, I've not been excited with his wrestling lately. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah, because he's older. Like, he's not going to be, like, doing the same shit. But, I mean, also at the same time, people would keep on wanting to talk about his MMA career and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, imagine you do the same thing. Like, imagine you do the same thing where you just start training and then you actually train or, like, fight fighters that were meant to be, like, fighting. Like, that were already fighting, too. Like, his first fight was with a dude where he already had five wins or something like that. So, it's like... Okay. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, I at mean, the same time, if you don't have the talent for it, you can't like have the talent for it. Yeah, you I was just going to say, I think that's part of the issue was that. Yeah, you know, I think he I just think... wasn't that strong of a guy, and I think he tried. <laughs> they probably offered him a shit ton of money. <laughs> well, I like, would have done it too, if depending upon what the money was. I mean, you know, I don't know why people expected a lot out of him. I guess is the kind of yeah. the. I was just you know, hoping that he would succeed because I'm, I'm, I like CM Punk. That's well, yeah, really but I mean, they, what were they but doing? I mean, comparing like, him to Brock Lesnar, who was like oh, a monster? Yeah, totally, I mean, it's not dude, the totally same thing. People. I mean, like yeah. he's not even the size of Brock Lesnar, and you're trying to talk shit. 
So, like, uh, you already knew that CM Punk was going to be, like, winning this one. I, I thought he was going to win the whole thing, but, like, turns out that it, that wasn't the case. I'm glad he didn't. Well, I mean, I think that's probably why he didn't, though. It's because, probably because people didn't want him to. Or they thought that people were going to boom them out of the building or whatever. <sighs> but, like... Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember so much of this match. I thought it was good, but it wasn't, like, great. Yeah, there wasn't much to it. That's what I was saying. I mean, what I mentioned just now was pretty much almost what happened. And even though it went for 13 minutes and the MJF match went for 15 and a half, um, it just didn't seem like a lot happened. They must have been doing a lot. They, they, uh... We're doing probably a lot of talking. I don't remember like the in between stuff, but not a yeah. lot happened during the match. Well, that's I mean, what I'm saying. I mean, like it was a stiff match between them both. I remember that, but like nothing stood out. I'm like, it's like okay, the one main thing that stood out to me, which was fucking hilarious, because fucking Daniel Garcia. I'm becoming a major fan of Daniel Garcia just because he's so fucking goofy oh, right now. Are you talking about the next match? The yeah, Orange the Cassidy next one? Match. Yeah. The Orange Cassidy, Zack Sabre Jr., Katsuri, uh, Shibata, and. Yeah, that damn dance that Daniel Garcia is doing Garcia is freaking all hilarious. And a match together. And fucking he shit. That, um, because I don't know when he started doing the dance whenever he came up to the fucking ring, but like. It was, it was pretty so much right funny. before this. It was. Well, it well, wasn't was, too long before this match. He started fucking doing it where he, just, he like, and then the people were drawing comparisons to him to like Alex Wright, which even though the dance doesn't ex- look exactly the same, but it's just funny, right? Yeah, it's, it's still a dance. I think that's the yeah. And he does the dance, and then so like Orange Cassidy is showing that he's like getting beaten up the whole time. It seems like the whole gimmick with him with the intercontinent or what well, international championships that's what it was yeah, it used to be called the atlantic just, one right it, yeah it was yeah. all the all atlantic championship at one point but i guess they said international that way he could go against anyone or something i don't know but uh once ago so like they're showing that he was like getting beat up too much so eventually they're like oh how much longer can he stand especially with this match this was an easy way to like protect Orange Cassidy. That way, he didn't get beat up too much. Because well, I mean, the, I'm like Shibata too, but yeah, this was another example. You knew it wasn't going to come off of Cassidy, though, because yeah. it was like one guy was Shibata, who's the pure champion, and then uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is the New Japan World TV champion. So yeah. the only one coming in. Now, he could have dropped it to Daniel Garcia, but I just didn't see that happening. Yeah, I didn't see it happening either. I, um, I think they'll probably give him a title belt at one point, but I don't think I think it's too early for him, kind of. Unless they give him a tag belt, but I think if anybody should get uh, the tag belts, probably at one point is Angela Parker and Matt Bernard. Uh, out of that group, I should say. I don't know. Is it Matt? Who's the one that kind of the talking? Matt it's Menard. Matt Menard, is Menard right? The, where he's like, sounds like he's yelling all the time. Yeah. yeah. That grates my ears. Every yeah, time I hear him. I think that's mostly why he does it that way. But. Oh, I know, but it just, it's like, yeah, I, I know. can't. It kind of gives you. I almost have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the scratching on the chalkboard stuff. Yeah. 
It's so, like there, there. That's why I say it's probably one of my favorite ones out of this whole entire like uh, show. Well, just it was only eleven minutes, I'm, man. Well, that's what, but like it was just funny. Like the, I say okay, that though, so, but because I we, mean it was mostly Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shibata, though. For I know, most, but it's funny. I that, say that as if eleven minutes is short. When we talk about the WWE ones, you'll see when we talk about it, Money in the Bank next yeah. time that yeah. so, all their uh, matches I think are probably under ten minutes. And yeah. So, like, this one was just funny because, especially the part where Zack Sabre Jr. smacked him, and then he starts dancing. Then Shibata smacks him. Then he starts dancing. Then they keep doing that, and then eventually they start focusing on each other, so then he starts getting pissed off, and he's like, you need to include me, too. So I think Daniel Garcia kind of, like, sold the whole match for me. And I'm not really a huge fan of Zack Sabre Jr., but I liked what he did in this match, though. Probably because yeah, I'm not either, but I don't see him enough, so I can't really well, say much about I him. Mean, like his wrestling style is like so securely his. It's but I like think nobody if I remember else does right, the though, shit that he does. Yeah, Zack Saber Jr. I didn't like very much in the first Forbidden Door. I liked him more in this one though. I remember because well, we were talking saying, about yeah. like we were talking about that. Like oh, he was he looked much better kind of different almost like he was wrestling a different kind of style than he did the first time we saw him yeah um i do remember having that conversation so but i, I know mean, this is quite late obviously we're doing be this because all the working parts in it yeah we're doing know? this podcast in august when this thing i think was in june wasn't it yeah so yeah. i mean we're about a month or two behind which isn't really that bad i i thought it was worse but there's just been well, a lot I mean, of pay-per-views that have been all happening of them came out around the same time like it was yeah. like within weeks of each other so what's it called so that's why i said like it was one of my highlights out of the whole thing i don't know if i would say that it's my favorite but like it was like up there like out of the matches i don't think that it was like the best of the year or something like that but oh no still, uh-uh. not even like close. uh and definitely one that I didn't really care about either. Yeah, Even the though I like yeah. Sonata, was Sonata versus Jack uh, Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. But, like, it only led up to what they did at the end, though. Where like, Well, the, the biggest thing about this one was um, the chants for the ref. Yeah. Well, you know, they were chanting for Red Shoes. Which, which they uh, always chant for red shoes. So it's like, but I mean, it's, like one of, it's that, kind of like Aubrey Edwards in AEW. Red shoes is like Aubrey Edwards in New Japan, essentially. Yeah, I was just saying that that was the biggest highlight from this match because honestly, I don't remember much of it. Because I mean, Sonata now is like where he was doing so, like his whole gimmick now was pretty much he was losing a lot. Essentially, he was losing a lot. Then somebody told him to, like, really focus. They got him, like, I think it's this dookie dude that's with him. Yeah. Essentially, they told him to, like, shape it up or something. So then he started winning over and over again. I think he actually, like, won the championship, and then he started being undefeated after that. Yeah, the only thing I really remember is this is when uh, Jungle Boy... Or turned, yeah. Turned heel. Like, that's the main when thing he, that I remember out of it. Because, yeah. I mean, like, nothing. This is when he became I don't know, Jack Perry It didn't Perry seem afterwards. like it highlighted it anybody. And it seemed like 
uh, you could tell that it made sense why Jungle Boy turned because it was like the pay-per-view before this, he went against uh, MJF in the Four Pillars match and then he lost. So it was like, he was like, oh, I want to get a championship. So he wanted to get Sonatas, essentially. So then when he didn't get Sonatas, then he fucking broke, you know, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's why it made sense where I think some people might have thought that Hook was going to turn because he lost. But, like, it makes sense knowing that Jungle Boy did. And especially knowing that after this, they had him do stuff where he's just completely done with the Jungle Boy name, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think he came out in what looked like could have been his dad's leather jacket. That's what it that, seemed like. Yeah. I know they were talking about it that the the Luke Perry had worn a jacket that looked similar in the past. Yeah, but I I don't know if they ever validated that or not. I know they were talking about it. Well, that's the main thing. It's like, uh, what's it called? I like what he's kind of doing now. I don't know if it's going to be like, you know, uh, yeah, Christian Cage or something like that. I don't know how much he's going to be doing. I know he beat Hook. I know that. But like, which I don't think he should have, but I get why they did. It's more like, it seems like the FTW championship, they don't keep with somebody for that long. Like, like, and then they don't even have them do that many matches, so it doesn't really matter about who. Yeah, wins it's like who uh, loses. we're not. That didn't happen during this, but the biggest one was uh, um, during this was the or the TNT Championship ends up being like that, where nobody keeps it for very long, especially if your name's Wardlow. But we yeah. talked about that the last time. But it's like I don't even know who has it right now. Uh, technically, Luchasaurus has it. Oh, that's right. But uh, well, that's Christian right because Christian like, Cage is mine. carrying it around. That's right. It's mine. Tells you how much uh, the TNT belt is being really utilized yeah. right now. Like in, like Darby Allen was also talking about that he was like, it felt like it was trying to be like important at the time, but now I think it lost the plot a little bit. Where it's just like it just seems like they're just there to be a placeholder essentially yeah which sounds kind of sad if he thinks that way because i think he's like a two or a three-time champion for a tnt belt well like i said so, it's you know especially if i'm wardlow i'm like do i even want that belt because i'm not going to keep it for very long but i think there was a reason he lost it if i remember right it had to do with his availability later or something uh but, uh, and then there was the elite with Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii, which I really like Ishii. And then they beat Blackpool Combat Club. This was my Mox, second favorite Yuta match, I think, Claudio. of the night, if I remember right. Huh? What? I think this was my second favorite. Oh, yeah. And then the Konosuke and Takashita and Shoto or Shota Umino. So, like, uh, the, and, like, I think this was only building up for them to, like, the lead to get a win for them to get the blood and guts. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I mean, agree. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not huge when it comes to, like, it would have been kind of, uh, kind of funny if they came out as the Hung Bucks, though. Like, <laughs> they they mentioned the Hung Bucks, but, like, that's just a great name. 
<laughs> great team name instead of being the elite. They're just like the Hung Bucks. But uh, but you know they're not going to do yeah, that. Adam Page is so good though. But like, I get kind of tired with the the Young Bucks. But then Eddie Kingston. Every time I see him now, like it's, I'm like over and over again. He's like one of my highlights for any of the matches, just because. It was funny. I saw something worth there. Well, I can like, tell you, I never know if he's actually kayfabing or not. I, I know. I think that's one reason why I like the fucking character so much is that it's like, it seems like him at a 15. Yeah. I mean, it it's seems like, like it's him all day. Yeah. It's like, and, and he just fucks around I've, with people all the time. Cause I've watched AEW all access too. And he's the same way on that show. He was talking to Ruby. But he's really good friends with Ruby Soho. So when yeah. she came back, it's almost like she he's a big brother to her, kind of. Yeah. But he was acting the same way then. So I, I think I would agree that I don't... What you see on TV is him. Like, yeah. I don't think it's any different. So, um, but yeah, it, you just never know what... He's one of those guys that scares me because I never know what he's actually going to do. Like, yeah. Seems like he can just go off kilter and just smack the shit out of somebody. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I think the main thing is that he's always been like a New Japan. But damn, Moxley's getting on my nerves, too. It's like every time I I watch him wrestle, he's bleeding. Like, within seconds of the match starting. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the main thing. But, I mean, I'm really starting to like Yuta, though. Oh him yeah, I was gonna heel, say the him same him thing. Doing this that, heel turn, yeah, shit has been working so good with him. Like, I mean, Claudio doesn't seem like it's changes either way with him. No, I like, think I he's think the he's same person regardless. Yeah, right now. Mm-hmm. like out of like the whole Blackpool Combat Club, he seems like he's in the background the whole time. It's just like, okay, I'm just here. Yeah. Like, so this one was just to set up other uh, matches down the line where it was even more brutal stuff. Which, which, unfortunately, probably explains why he didn't, like, go crazy over in WWE either because he was kind of the same way there. So I don't uh, know if like that's just the, the way yeah. he is. Like, if he can't just become the, like, you know, the the superstar, right? Well, like, like yeah. the like the big time guy. Cause you can see where John Moxley can do that. And you can see where others can become that way. CM Punk, MJF, obviously if he, if he becomes a crazy good wrestler on top of his promo skills, the dude's going to be unstoppable yeah. and he's getting there. I'm going to yeah. say the, the more that you see him and we'll talk about it during the all in podcast, but that was the best. I'll just, caveat right now and say that was the best he's looked to me yeah yeah. in as many matches that i've seen him in and i I agree especially lately his like fucking the shit that i've been seeing just off of highlights from AEW, like especially like one where he was doing a a match against konos and konosuke takashita this was before he turned and he did his top rope clothesline and he fucking landed on his feet. I was like, and then I know I'm like, because I thought it was just like somebody that he was wrestling against. And then I noticed that it was MJF and I was like, Whoa, I didn't think that MJF could do that shit. So 
he's starting to impress me lately. That's the main thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and well, like I said, I'll talk more about it during the All In podcast because I don't want to spoil yeah. it on here. Yeah, but um, like, uh, but that's yeah. the main thing. It's like some people are being massive standouts right now, and it just makes sense. But like, in this, this is my second favorite match. But really, there wasn't anything special about it because it was the same moxley match yeah. young bucks match yeah and then you threw in a few other people but yeah. i mean it was literally if you saw these guys in the ring together you would anticipate what you saw yeah i mean so it's the, like uh, yeah and then the next match too was like, you know i mean you young bucks they Willow throw super was... kick parties all the damn time it's like their yeah. match matches go exactly the same way and it drives me insane they put on good matches, don't get me wrong, but they're like always, there's like a a way to yeah. them every time. Like and I talk about it a lot, yeah. but, yeah, but, um, yeah, there, it, but I mean, there weren't like crazy standout matches during this card because like the next one that we're going to talk about didn't even have to be on the card to me. Yeah, but, um, exactly. I think that they just put it on there as like an extra match. Because Willow, I kind of like Willow Nightingale, but like, I don't think they needed to have this match. (laughs) No, and it was kind of one of those things that... It was like only 10 minutes long, and they could have went five minutes, but then people probably would have gotten pissed off. Yeah, and it seemed like thrown together, because I think think it was because Willow got the New Japan Women's Championship from Mercedes, like not too long before this. So yeah. they had to like figure out and a woman. And now she match. lost it already. <laughs> I know. That's so. I was so, like, dude, they're doing definite hot potato with that damn belt. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's he going? So, and then I would say probably the best of the night. <laughs> well, yeah, it was and this match was also almost forty minutes, and probably going to be the uh, like one of the matches of the year was Kenny versus Will Ospreay. Yeah, and like, I can tell you there was one. The one, the most memorable part for me was that damn move where I thought Kenny was gonna die. Well, what the Tiger Driver ninety? Yeah, where, I think. Yeah, I where think he slams he land- him right on top of his noggin. Yeah, I don't know how the hell he even got up from that. And that's why I say, like Kenny Omega, dude. Like for all the flack that I'd give him for like his promo skills and shit, he is one hell of a. Like I'm surprised that he doesn't get more injuries than he has because yeah. this dude but uh, he sells well, the fuck out for you when yeah. you do re- uh, when you wrestle against him and then oh man it's just like this was a back and forth thing the whole time they were countering it uh, like back and forth back and forth the whole time and yeah there was a shit ton of v-triggers I literally talk about Will Ospreay too and like talk about how much I love Will Ospreay and that I don't think that he would be treated the same way if he went to WWE. But, like, I love his character work that he's doing right now, like the United Empire stuff where he's a heel, but then it's kind of, like, real shit. I don't think Don Callis needed to be even in the ring, like, nearby. Like, I don't understand why they're doing that with Will Ospreay, where it's, like, Will Ospreay is kind of like his contracted dude, which we could talk more about during All In, but, like, well, that started during this one, though. Yeah. Remember, he ended yeah. 
I mean, because, well, we like, can get to that, but that's how because, uh, Kenny lost. Because around this time that Don Callis stabbed him in the head with a fork when they did the uh, cage match or whatever, wh- whatever it was, where they did a, they did a cage match and he lost because he stabbed him in the head with a fork. Yeah. But like, yeah, it, it made sense why it was the longest match. And it, honestly, they could have put this as the main event. But, like, you could tell why they didn't. <laughs> you could well, tell yeah, they, why they, they almost didn't. want to build up the rest of them because yeah, they because, knew I this mean, one would like, probably. I would be, like, hard-pressed to have, like, oh, okay, like, there was. Uh, what's well, it, it reminds me kind of of. they talked about Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels, I think, when they said that. It overshadowed all the other matches after well, that one. What it reminds me of, and I'm trying to remember who wrestled after them, but when Mankind and Undertaker wrestled at Hell in a Cell and Mankind got thrown off, oh, that yeah. wasn't the main event either. <laughs> yeah. And I can't imagine following that up because it's like, what the hell do you do yeah, like how, to, how, to what beat that? What can you do to like top that shit? Like, right. there's so no fucking way. It's like, yeah, there's uh, no, no chance. That's why I said that this was like, and, and you know, I'm like, I knew and just based off of like Will Ospreay's trajectory right now, I think his stuff is up on a upswing. Well, like, how many I mean, V triggers did Kenny Omega the, hit the, during this match? Do you remember? <laughs> It was uh, like, what? how many V-triggers did he hit? He had to have well, hit like Kenny six does, or seven. Kenny does like 10 or 15 or something, and that's one reason why I like Kenny Omega, is that, honestly, he is very heavy hitting, and like he will just like, oh, okay, you're going to keep going? I'm just going to keep kicking you in the face, and I well, like yeah, that. The V-trigger, to me, doesn't seem like the one that would hurt the most. The one that seems like it would hurt is the, the, the suplex that he suplex. does. The snapdragon? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh shit! That every time he does that yeah, thing, it looks like it, and he drops him directly on his neck. I mean, it's yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, every time he does it, I'm like, oh, Jesus! Huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I almost look away when I watch him every time he does one, and but I'm like, that's why, that's why I think that he is so legit, though. I think mm-hmm. certain guys, like certain wrestlers that I see, when they do shit like this, like fucking Gunther is another one. It's like they are so heavy hitting. It makes it so much more believable that they will pin you. Like, because there's, they dole out so much punishment that it makes sense that they would lose or that the other person was uh, would lose. But then, like, it was just amazing how much punishment Kenny was given out. And then Will Osbury kept coming. And I was like, that's one reason why I loved the match. Period. Anyway. Yeah. So I just wanted to point out there was huh? a situation at about thir- at the about the thirty minute mark. So this was the like the scenario. Kenny hit two snapdragons on Will Osprey. Then he hit him with a V trigger to his back. Then a poison Frankensteiner and a Terry Funk pile driver. Will Osprey kicked out at two. Kenny hit him with another V trigger. And, and then try to do an avalanche one-winged angel, and it was reversed into a cheeky Nando's. This was all in one yeah, yeah, part. One series, yeah. It's like my, as you know, and then they just kept going back and forth. There was a sky twister press from Will Ospreay that 
he hit on Kenny and then he hit him with a diving forearm that was the yeah. setup for a hidden blade, but he missed it. But then yeah. Kenny hit another V trigger, but then got a Liger bomb from Osprey. So it was like, this just kept going back and forth, back and forth, yep. back and forth. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and this was one easily of my favorite the... moments is when he puts him in the damn Will Osprey puts a, Kenny in the One Ring Angel and then Kenny kicks out at one. Yeah, he's like, "Bitch, you ain't fucking putting me out with my move." Yeah, <laughs> like, oh man, I was, there was so many good moments in this. That's why I say like some of the other matches. Like you, you're like looking back at it, you're like, I don't really remember anything that's like other than a standard wrestling match but it's like stuff that goes like this where it just builds up and builds up and builds up and then it goes to a crescendo and then it's like you knew as soon as like he did the tiger driver 91 on his neck it was over then yeah. and then he put him in the Stormbreaker, and i think he get, hit him with the night uh the what's it called the hidden blade like twice I think it was. I know that at one point, I think he did the running one too. But like, that's one reason why I like, I love Will Ospreay too. It's like his finishers are great. Like all of them. And even he just, I think he just started making another one too. And like, I think he just revealed like another finisher that he started doing. And I'm like, dude, this motherfucker is inventive. And, like, him and Ricochet, to me, like, are probably some of the best flippy shit wrestlers ever. And, I mean, oh, yeah. granted, Will Ospreay is just a great all-rounded wrestler. Like, he is so... Like, it's kind of like Buddy Matthews and shit. I would love to see a match between both of these guys, too. Because their styles are very similar. Like, how, how speedy they are how they could do strong moves too and stuff like that. I would love to see a match between both of them because it would probably fucking be great. But that's what I'm saying. After this one, then it was like Sting, Darby Allen and Tetsuya Naito versus the sex gods, which is, yeah. And oh, I yeah, can do it without did I, Su- unless Suzuki gods. I forgot yeah, because Suzuki I, was in the group again. Yeah. I can do without seeing Chris Jericho wrestle right now. I, well, I'm just saying, I mean, a, I'm kind of over with Chris Jericho right now. Because well, I'm, we'll talk about it during All In, but it was like yeah. the, the him, that damn song that he comes out to. It's like, okay, can we just stop it already? But now yeah, he's flipping. But, I mean, I mean ever since he then, he's not. to a different Fonzie song. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at this point now, it, he wasn't flipping face. Now he's, I think he's, well, well I won't spoil it too much, but. He was a heel during this, but I think he's starting to move back into being a face again yeah. since then. Yeah. But this was another one. Yeah, because of what happened during Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega, this was a forgettable one. I think the only thing I remember, didn't uh, Sting do another move yeah, that it's like, dude, you're 64 like... years old and you need to stop doing this stuff? But he keeps yeah. doing it anyways. So it's like... <laughs> And like then, I don't think Darby shots and all that I shit. don't think Darby did one in this match and I'm like, "Oh jeez, gosh dang it." You know, cuz he normally I don't even think he did a when when he does the sprinting uh suicide dive like he normally does. I don't think he even did that in this match. Yeah. Um but I do know at all in he did a couple of moves and I'm like, "Oh jeez, that had to hurt." <laughs> 
but we'll talk about it yep. then. But yep. but yeah, there wasn't much to this match. It only went fifteen minutes. I, I say again, I say only fifteen, but you know, AEW is known for longer matches compared to the other company that we'll talk about next time. But there wasn't much that I remember from this one. And yeah. I don't, and I would say during a lot of Jericho's matches, that's kind of how they go. Um, yeah. And Sammy Guevara is like the main highlight from them. Well, yeah, yeah. And he has been lately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sammy Guevara has been a highlight when it comes to anything with Jericho, even because he's, he's been involved in a lot of Jericho stuff. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, it's cool now that they're on there, and especially Darby Allen, who's always highlighted on most of the pay per views. But, uh, like, a missable tag, a tag match, that's for sure. And it just seemed like it was just a, a fodder for, like, just setting up, cooling people down for the the end of the night, which was the main event, which Brian, Brian Danielson and Okada. And,. This match was good, but like also at the same time, I fucking worried for Dan um, Brian Danielson the whole damn time, especially knowing he fucking broke his arm like halfway in. Yeah, he broke it with ten minutes left and wrestled with a broken forearm. Yeah, and he still did a lot of moves, a lot of shit that he didn't need to do with his fucking arm. (laughs) Like that's the main thing that I remember out of it was like. I mean, it was a standard, like, Brian Danielson match with Okada, but then it was, like, then he broke his arm, and it was, like, so crazy. Like, it was just, like, I can't remember what it was. Like, I think Okada landed directly on his arm or something. Yeah, if I remember. He did directed, directly landed on it. Yeah, I think that's what it was, that he, he went to hit a move. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I think it was an elbow drop. Like, yeah. he kind of went to do an elbow drop, and he, like, went somewhere and landed directly, like, on his fucking arm. And then uh, and then he was like, ow, fuck, fuck. Yeah, and then you could tell because Daniel, Brian Danielson, didn't want to do a lot with that arm after that. Oh, yeah. And, you like, that's the main thing for he me. Was like, he was trying to, but, like... He was still like, a badass, knowing well, that he was still trying to finish the shit. Yeah, he was trying to lock in the LaBelle lock with the broken arm. I yeah. remember that specifically. Yeah. You could tell he couldn't. Like, he was literally trying to grab his hand. Yeah, and then and at he one couldn't point, do it. he used his leg. So, yeah. <laughs> so And then I was like, whoa, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. It just shows how badass fucking Brian Danielson is, though. Like yeah. how you just sit there and because he had to have been in pain, oh, that arm well, had to have been on fire, dude. Well, you know, uh, adrenaline can do a lot. Like he probably wasn't hurting that much at that point, but oh, when he got that. to but the back afterwards, back there, he was he probably like, hurting oh. like a motherfucker. Like he could barely probably function with at the time at that point. Yeah, because I've done it where I've you know, and I'm not equating a broken bone to a a, a, a spra- but a really bad sprained ankle, like where I had blood pooling underneath my foot, Ooh. right? But I played on it, like I played basketball on the ankle, like after it happened, and it yeah. didn't hurt at the time. But I tell you what, when I got home after that, whoo, I couldn't even wear a shoe. It was it mm. hurt that bad, like it hurt, like so it's. 
I can say things about adrenaline that in the moment, it probably did hurt. I'm not going to say it didn't because obviously he knew there was something wrong with it because of the way he was using it. But at the same time, pain level probably may not have been as high as you would think because of adrenaline, but who knows? He may have been in a crazy amount of pain and just went through it. I mean, you know, some of these guys are so used to being in pain that, you know, it's not much to them. But, but more power, you know, I know his wife didn't like it. I know yeah. she made a Twitter post she after mentioned the fact. That. But um, I mean, it's probably because she wanted to make sure that he could move his arm and shit. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know. She wanted longevity out of him. And he was just thinking about, got to finish the match, got to finish the match. You yeah. Know? I'm sure mm-hmm. that was mostly what he was trying to do, like where his mindset was. Yep. Like, I mean, it just shows how tough some of these wrestlers are at the end oh, of the yeah, day yeah. just yep. shows how tough they they are i mean uh, within reason i don't think that it, like matt hardy when he cracked his head on the concrete and shit like that i don't think he needed to wrestle like an extra 10 minutes they should have just been like oh fucking over been done you know i think that they um, they should have been like oh it was an accident you don't expect accidents to happen and then fucking cut away you yeah. know but I mean, and uh, all uh, honestly, ho- hopefully, Brian Danielson recovers uh, quickly and is able to get back in the ring and stuff like that. It's kind of like I'm, I'm worried about Big E too, because Big E's been like out for so long, and they're also talking about that there's a possibility that he's not going to come back either. So, I mean, well, I know he's been he does, he's but, been told by doctors not to. I yeah. think. But well, that I mean, doesn't you know, mean, like, you know how many times I mean, there's been doctors that always end up saying that shit and then fucking well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it like de- 20 years after. Yeah, I mean, Edge and Soraya are two examples that, and even I think Brian Danielson was told at one point he shouldn't wrestle yeah. anymore. Well, I mean, and WWE doctors from what they were saying, like what he was saying from, what was it? I know that there was some, maybe it was a documentary or something that he was talking about. Like, yeah, there was know. something that he was talking about and how he's explaining the situation where a lot of it was WWE doctors were saying no, and then he was going to a bunch of other people, and then they were saying that he could uh, wrestle. Like, they were saying that he should. So then he was trying to show them, hey, they said that it was okay, and they're like, no, we're not going with those people. We're yeah. going with our doctors, which is understandable. I mean, like, you're a Fortune 500 company or whatever. Or, like, you're, like, a, a traded company. Of course, you got to make everything run by the books. So, just in case, if Daniel Bryan, do, like, does have issues later on or something, then they can't just be like, oh, well, you shouldn't have done that and stuff like that. So, I guess if that's all we're talking about, I guess we might as well talk about the next podcast, which will be Money in the Bank 2023 edition, where it's from... London this time. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, which was like on July 1st. I think this was on June 25th. After this or something. And Money in the Bank was, yeah, July 1st. It's like, what's it called? We were just talking about that. We watched All In. And then they were like, oh, yeah, seven days from today is all out. I was like, and then payback is the day after that. So So we've got to pay like 50 bucks now. And then we got to pay 50 bucks next week, too. What the fuck? Like but, yeah, so, but yeah, so our next podcast will be 
WWE Money in the Bank. Yep. And then, and then followed by uh, uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. So, and then yeah. All In. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the video, especially you knowing the. Let us know, like, if you like the video podcast more rather than just the audio format, because we were just doing the audio format for the longest time. It seems like I need to get like a better setup for everything too. So, like lately, I've just been running it off of my phone. So, <laughs> yeah, but. So. It- but yeah, we'll, and check out our website that has all of our content on it. So all of our YouTube videos, our reviews that we do, our podcasts, yep. every single one of them are on our website. So if you want to access any of our content at theheartofgeek.com, you'll find all of it. So yep. it'll and link then, directly to our YouTube yeah. and our podcast platforms and stuff like that. So, Yep, link pretty much everything i gotta do more reviews and stuff like that too in the next few days but that will just be another thing so uh, uh, with that in mind everybody you guys have a nice night and we'll talk to you in the next podcast see ya